Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joe Jacob. What's up, Heat Nation? Welcome to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob. And you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. Without further delay, let's meet today's correspondents. First, we got George. Let me okay, guys. We got Anthony. Five more to go, y'all. Okay, stop it. And we got Kevin. Yo. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Man, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had yeah. to, bro. I've been doing it every part. I had to, bro. <laughs> I'm sorry, but come on. Sense the <laughs> Anyways, so um, today is kind of a bitter episode to record. And the reason why is because in case you didn't know already, the heat season is officially over. It's tough because this team was such a joy to watch for this whole season. So to see it all come to an end, like, it honestly hurts, you know. And we have so much to talk about with this being our season finale pod. So to start it off, like, let's just talk about this game seven and what led to this L for Miami. You're up first, George. Look, I think the understatement would be that it's extremely painful to be you know, the situation now, it all still it's really fresh. It's really uh it's really something to um you know to, to not look back on yet because it's gonna be very, very you know emotional and sad. We we had so much potential to come in and lose to a game seven in the finals. Um, you know, really does hurt. And regardless of the reason you're gonna give it, we we played our absolute heart out. We really did. Those last two games were were extremely stressful. But it doesn't come without its problems as well. So we've got, you know, a lot to unpack, a lot to, to talk about. I, I've yet to watch the game again. I don't know if I can actually put myself through that again. Because uh, by the end of the last game, I was I was really, um, I was absolutely devastated. I really was because to watch our team lose on our home floor like that, so close, so close. And people, you know, talking about the last shot, it was the right shot. Of course, you're going to talk about these these things now, but... You know, the time we, we really did enjoy it. We had a massive run. We built, we beat two really, you know, really good, really good teams. Um, and we took, you know, a team that's that's primed and, you know, that they're, they're in the best years of their, you know, in their in their franchise so far um, in the last, you know, decade and a half has, you know, we, we lost, but there's so much good and so much, you know, to unpack and to take out of this. So, Let's get this. Uh, let's get this show on the road, right? You, Anthony. Well, first, one of my favorite things to do after you know a big win or something is I like to listen to a, the opposing team's podcast and stuff. So I just want to welcome any Celtics fans that are listening to this and in an effort to not sound extremely depressed, which is I typically find the funniest thing when I listen to opposing teams. I'm going to try to keep it a little bit upbeat, but yeah, man, I was more stunned than anything because one. You lost a game seven at home. You almost never see that. Eric Spolster was undefeated in the conference finals, so that was another shocking part of it. And also, Boston, or Miami lost three home games in one series after not losing a single home game prior to that. Not so you trying to make us more depressed. Come on, dog. So, I, I, those are just things that contributed to me being more, more stunned than anything, really. Uh, I, I really did not expect Boston to come out with the win just because of all those factors. Boston had a lot of things going for them too. Like I know they haven't lost back-to-back games all year. So I do want to, or all postseason. So I do want to give them a lot of credit for that because that is not a easy thing to do. So I will give them credit for that. But part that sucks the most for me is the three-point shooting after finishing the regular season. Number one with elite shooting from downtown. They had at least four or five historically bad shooting games this postseason. Three of them coming this series alone. And they were terrible yesterday shooting I think it was six of 20 or six of 30 what came to 20 percent, whatever it was which is just god awful and i said this last pod too all this team had to do was shoot average or below average and they would have been fine i said anything but historically bad and you're fine but once again they shot historically bad can't win series like that but that's the disappointing part about last night but i'll give boston credit 
And what's on your mind, Kevin? Yeah, um, as much as I hate to say it, like, I got to keep it real. Y'all are probably not going to want to hear this, but Boston just ended up being the better team. Um, their depth proved to be a little bit better than ours in the long run. You know, Derek White and Al Horford were kind of like their X factors, and our role players kind of just were too inconsistent. Um, but as Anthony mentioned, you know, we just – you're not going to win anything shooting the ball as bad as we did. And on top of that, um, starting off this game, I forgot we were down like, what, 12, 13 for like a, a good portion of the first half. I know we, we got into the half being down six, I believe. <clears throat> Excuse me, but we just – I don't know. We kind of just dug ourselves in our own hole. As much as I hate to say that, um, that was just the, the same factor. Every, every single loss, it felt like in the series, we would just start off super terrible, super sloppy, and then all of a sudden we're playing from behind the entire game. You just can't do that. And then on top of that, I think we missed like, what, eight free throws, and we only lost by four points. So you hit half the free throws, you're in overtime, and anything can happen. You know what I'm saying? But um, – <clears throat> It was a tough L. You never want to lose a game seven on your home court. Um, but I'm, I'm honestly not even that depressed or sad. Like, I, I love the fight. Like, obviously, I want to win a championship. I want Jimmy Butler more than anybody in this league to get a championship. Um, I want Spo to get another championship. I want the Heat to get another championship. But um, I'm not I'm not that sad. I'm not that depressed. Like, it was a great season. I know we'll get into it. But, um, you know, it was a lot of bright spots, you know, to build upon. We were right there. We were literally a minute away from extending this uh, season. Um, but it just came down to, you know, kind of just a little bit of shooting ourselves in the foot and a little bit of the Boston Celtics, you know what I'm saying? So um, it, it was tough to watch this game and the way that it did coming back with that big-time Struis three. I've seen a lot of people are trying to go at Jimmy Butler for taking that three, when, you know, when we were down two. But if you're trying to downplay Jimmy Butler for taking that shot, then I don't know what you're thinking because – yeah, in the moment, in hindsight, you can you can say, like, oh, yeah, he could have gotten a better shot, which he probably could have. But without Jimmy Butler, we're not even in this situation or position. So I'm, I'm living or dying with my best player taking that shot a million times out of a million. I don't care what anybody says. Spoh's doing the same thing, and I'm rocking with Spoh through thick and thin. So, again, it's tough, but it was a great season, and it was a tough loss. But, you know, hats off to the Boston Celtics, and we'll be back. I'm not even worried about it. Right. And, you know, what you mentioned just now about Jimmy taking that shot, like you couldn't have said it any better because here's the thing, like Jimmy did not get any rest. You know, he played all 48 minutes. So, you know, the idea of him maybe going for the tie and then having to play an additional five minutes of overtime probably would have been like hell for him, especially when you consider the fact that he's still on a bad knee and everything. So the fact that he decided to go for the three, I mean, come on, like, I, you can't really go against it, you know, and obviously that's what the teammates wanted as well. They wanted him to go for the win, and unfortunately, he missed it. You know, it happens, but considering how great of a player Jimmy has been, I mean, you can't even be mad at him for taking that shot because, like you said, Kevin, like, it's only because of him we're here right now. You know, we didn't think a lot of people wondered if Jimmy could even take the team this far regarding, you know, would he be able to step up come postseason time? And he's out here and he's doing that. Something that shocked a lot of people and something that we've always brought up in episodes past is that he's showing people that he's been that guy. And I don't want to give Jimmy too much praise because we do have a specific segment for that. But. Overall, I just don't understand how people could just go after him for it. Like, literally go after any other player on this team, but Jimmy's not going to be one of those guys you're going to target for this loss, and that's on period. Anyways, I, I really don't want to continue talking about this game, so I'm already going to quickly move on to the next topic. And I, let's, let's look at the positives from this season because I feel like there's so many good memories you can think of when looking at everything that happened in this postseason and in the regular season as well. So, like, what are some things that you guys look back at when thinking about the many thrills that took place during this year? Give us your thoughts, Anthony. Well, not a great transition for how I want to start this point, but, but I'll get there, Joel. The first thing I want to say is I've seen a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of Heat fans saying, you know, that this was a great season and, and such, but in my opinion, the season was a failure. When you come into a season with championship expectations and don't walk away with the championship 
in my opinion, that is defined as a failure. And I'm pretty sure the team would say the same thing. I think it was either Lowry or Bam who did say the same thing too. So that being said, uh, you can still have a failure of a season, but also be a really, really fun season at the same time. And I have been seeing a lot of people say this is one of their favorite Heat teams of all time. And I can certainly agree with that point. As far as some great moments of the season, uh, it's tough to really pinpoint one for me, I think. But it was really just a lot of fun seeing all these guys come out of nowhere, like Struess, who obviously didn't get too much playing time last year to become a starter and have like a 25 and five record. Gabe Vincent, who I thought, you know, sucked last year, turned out and be an incredible, incredible player and will go down as probably one of the favorite role players in Heat history if he continues the trajectory that he's on. Guy like Caleb Martin on a two way contract out of nowhere, who I think turned into an incredible player. Victor Oladipo coming out of nowhere and he had, you know, his, his bad efficiency games later in this series, but he ended up playing really, really well. And he's just such a great guy. So to bounce back from an injury like that is awesome. So I'm just going to go with, you know, the kind of development of these guys out of nowhere. And I think the Heat have gotten a lot of recognition from that, even from the national media. You keep hearing, you know, how do the Heat find these guys? Uh, so it is nice to get some recognition for that and nice that a lot of these players who had really hard journeys to get where they at, it's nice to see them have some success. I agree. And you, Kevin? Yeah, Anthony kind of hit it on the head right there with just, you know, the the development of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent specifically was phenomenal. I mean, I've said it plenty of times on this podcast, but like where they were last year compared to where they were this season, you know, being real legitimate, you know, at certain times starters in the NBA, like that's a big time thing. Like, like both those dudes, like, you know, Max went to DePaul, which, you know, historically is a good basketball program, but they haven't put out that much NBA time in a long time. And Gabe Vincent went to UC Santa Barbara, and they rarely ever put out NBA talent. So, like, to see the the progress and development that they've taken and the leaps and bounds that they've taken within, you know, a, a year span was super dope to see. But I think it's a lot of different moments and memories um, to see Tyler Hero, you know, kind of take a little bit of a leap in his game, develop some more confidence was nice to see. I think probably my favorite thing, I know I'll talk about him later for sure, but I think it's P.J. Tucker, man. Like, that dude – like really just embodies and personifies heat culture to the max. And what he did for us was just incredible. You know what I'm saying? I just think his his entire role, um, he maximized and Spo maximized his game. Um, there's a lot of people that talk down upon him going into the season, talking about the heat don't have a, a four and different things like that. But what he did this season was just incredible. And of course, you know, Jimmy being Jimmy, um, Bam starting to look a little bit better, you know, here and there. Um, Kyle Lowry had his moments, even though he was injured, you know, for a good portion of the season. But all in all, like, this was one of my favorite Heat teams. I could possibly say it is my favorite Heat team of all time. There's a whole bunch of dogs. Um, man, it, it, it's so many, like, honestly. But I just think, again, like Anthony said, the development between Struess and Gabe Vincent is definitely my favorite part. Right. And let's see, George, you? Yeah, quickly going on from, um, from Anthony's point. Uh when you look at the overall thing, I, I think we can all say that it was just we, we fell short of what we expected to. And um, but to call it the fail, a failure of a season is really, um, I, I think it's a harsh, harsh statement to put out there right now, um, especially so close to you know when, when we just saw yesterday. But there was still a lot of positives coming out of this this season. Really, there was. We Carl Lowry went healthy was was fantastic. Peter Tucker was the best addition. That we that we you know that we had in the offseason and putting a, a guy like that next to Bam really should have pushed him further, but it didn't. But um, we also had the the return of Mario Chalmers, which was you know the most fun fun week uh, 10, 12 days of basketball you know we had. But uh, even though he didn't play a single second, to have seen him back in a in a Heat uniform, even for you know for, on the bench, was pretty cool. Uh, I, I I go back to the path, the point where we find all of these you know these people that everyone will overlook you know the Caleb Buns the Max Struces of the world uh, you know even Gabe taking his, his big step forward and turning these guys into legitimate role players and but to see where they end up coming to the start of next season is going to be really interesting as well who's going to come back who's, who's going to have to move on uh, you know who, if we're going to make any trades what's going to happen I believe we will. It's going to be a very, very active offseason for the Heat. But look, I look back at the season, there's a lot of fun memories when when we had Jimmy and, and Bam go out and we thought this team was done and finished. 
Tyler Hero and and Kyrie, sorry, okay, Kyle Lowry, uh, really, really did take the reins and they played a lot better than you know that we thought they could. And we brought a lot of ten day contracts in. Kyle Guy, um, you know, she balled out for us. We had a lot of other players as well. Really take a you know a real uh, you know a early forward. And this organization proves to be able to to push through adversity and really get the most out of these players. So it's going to be a really interesting uh, story and, and watching the off season now to see what's going to happen with them. Cause a lot of them are out of contract. A lot of them um, will find other teams and, and we'll get the bag that we just can't throw at them at the moment, but we'll, we'll see what happens where they all end up. But I don't, I don't classify the season as, as a failure more that we just fell just, 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 just short of what we, what we wanted, but it is what it is. Right. For me personally, you know, there's a lot of great memories, especially from those undrafted players. Like one uh, memory that comes in mind was Caleb Martin having that big game against Milwaukee. And that was huge considering we didn't have Bam, we didn't have Jimmy. So for him to go out and torch the Bucks the way how he did was great to see. Same thing for Gabe Vincent when he had that great game against Philly as well. That was also a game where we didn't have um, Bam or Jimmy. And what was so funny to see was the fact that you had all the Sixers fans storming out the arena. Like Gabe Vincent really was the reason for that, which is so funny to look back at every single time. So it was just great to see guys like them step up. And then also, you know, step off the court as well. I mean... Like, we had literally Denzel Washington give this Heat team a speech, like, right before closing out the Hawks, which was nice to see. And then you have the fact that there was that iconic locker room picture after the whole Nuggets incident. Like, I don't know about y'all, but that's probably one of the hardest images I've ever seen ever for the Heat. Like, even though we didn't win the chip, I I, I need that somewhere. I need that like on a freaking. I don't know. I don't know if you want guys want to say it, it should be on Championship Alley, but it needs to be somewhere because that image of them just looking out the Nuggets locker room or whatever, that that went hard. Like I remember seeing that, and I'm like, sheesh. Like if we win the championship this year, like that picture is gonna be remembered for decades. And even though we did not win it all, I'm still gonna look back on that. So that's another thing, and. Overall, like not even that, but like even the fact that you had Victor Oladipo coming back and closing out that series against Atlanta, because there was many times where we were unsure about what was going to happen to him specifically, because, you know, with him coming back in March, we didn't know if he would have a spot in the rotation because it seemed like the spacing didn't look right with him and Jimmy. But, you know, we were able to find a way to make it work. And even when there were times where it seemed like he would be put out the rotation again, which was something that we almost saw in game three until Jimmy went down, Victor stepped back in. You know, he would always show that he's worthy to be part of this rotation and he can play big minutes. So it was great to see Victor show up whenever he could. And overall, you know, like I necessarily wouldn't call it a failure I mean, obviously, I know for this Heat team, it was championship or bust. And I don't know, maybe it's just me still trying to cope with everything that's happened so far. But I necessarily do not want to call it a failure, at least as of right now, while I'm still trying to mourn everything that's going on. But, you know, while I look back at the season and kind of feel bad that we didn't get the job done, I mean... I can't help but feel so grateful to see what we saw this season. And I just can't wait to see what happens next. So that's basically all I got to say about that. And, you know, we talk about the memories and it's time to move forward and talk about the one person who definitely deserves his own segment. And that's none other than the guy who proved that he's indeed a superstar. And his name is Jimmy Butler. After having a subpar performance in the playoffs the year before, along with taking some criticism during this year's regular season, Jimmy came in and showed the world that he is that dude, and he went on to have an insane playoff run. Not going to lie, I think one of the main reasons why like, I'm so sad to see this championship quest end for the Heat is because I really wanted to see Jimmy win a ring. However, I do have faith in this front office that we can give Jimmy the right pieces to do just that. So with 
all that being said, what's everyone's reactions to this amazing season by Jimmy? We'll start off with you, Kevin. Man, where do I start? Um, I, I, first of all, I'll start here. Thank you, Dwayne Wade, for giving and gifting the Miami Heat with Jimmy Butler because he is the perfect fit for this franchise. He's the perfect dude to usher in the, the post-Dwayne Wade era. You know what I'm saying? And, like, again, you always look at, you know, Jimmy leaving Chicago and Minnesota and Philly, and they had nothing but bad things to say about him. And clearly all three of those franchises messed up. Um, but Miami clearly got it right. And, again, just shout to D-Way for, for giving us him. Um, he's the perfect player to lead this franchise to their fourth NBA championship when he gets the chance to do so. And he was very close. And um, he's been he's been very close twice in three years. So that should tell you everything that you need to know. And I was actually listening to Five on the Floor last night. And Ethan pretty much said, I'm paraphrasing, but he pretty much said that Jimmy has held up his end of the bargain. And not saying that the Heat have failed Jimmy because they have done a pretty good job of putting enough time around him. And I know we'll get into this later, but Miami still has to be a little bit better um, at holding up their end of the bargain. And again, I'm not going to say that the Heat failed them because they've done a pretty good job, but they can do more to maximize what Jimmy Butler has given them. But for me, like, just forgetting the 82-game regular season because it is what it is, Jimmy Butler doesn't really care about that. Looking at what he did in this playoff run between the five games versus Atlanta, the six versus Philly, and, of course, this past seven versus Celtics, like, he was sensational. You know what I'm saying? He was incredible. He had one of the best playoff runs we've seen in a minute. And it was special from, from start to finish. You know what I'm saying? He, he really took his game to an entirely different level. Um, he single-handedly won some games for the Heat, whether it was, you know, game six in this past series versus the Celtics, you know, game two versus Atlanta, wherever you want to go. You know what I'm saying? Game six versus Philly, like, the dude is just special. And I'm glad that he's starting to finally receive his proper credit and recognition because he's been this good for a very long time. J.J. Redick was on first take a couple weeks ago, and he said that Jimmy Butler was the best player on Philly's team in 2019 when they lost to Kawhi and the Raptors in, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. So, again, I can't even say it enough, but he's that dude. He's a special player, and I'm hoping and I'm praying that the front office can get it right and finally start to put that next whale, I know we'll get into it in a minute, but that next whale next to Jimmy Butler um, to really maximize this dude's talent because it would be a shame for him not to win a ring with this organization that's finally um, embracing a caliber player of Jimmy Butler, man. So it was a great season from him. Um, I'm hoping we're going to continue to get at least a few more. Probably, I think we're getting somewhere between three or four more where he's still at his, at his very best. And so I'm just hoping, you know, that he can maximize that, man. But salute to Jimmy Butler. He left it all on the floor. He literally has, in my opinion, no weaknesses or flaws to his game. He does everything. He played every single minute um, in this game seven. And that's all you can ask for from your star player, man, that you just leave it all out there. And I, I have no regrets with what Jimmy Butler has done this season, man. Amen to that. And you, George? Yeah, there's not really much much more we can say when it comes to Jimmy. Jimmy has absolutely – he's delivered – he's been the player that we, we, you know, the star that no one said that we had. He took it. He, he plays his heart out every single night and knows how how to just you know bring all the the energy that we need. Shooting 50, 33, and eighty four, twenty seven points a game, seven rebounds, four, four, five assists, two steals. Plays incredible defense, nine in, nine out, and really without this man, and I don't care who you replace him with on this team, it's going to be so hard to replicate what he does on, on a given night. It, it really is impossible. He embodies heat culture he's he's there he he knows what he has to do he gets his body right as much as as much as possible i'm not saying he's the healthiest person because he's definitely not but at the, at the same time he he plays through adversity plays through injury plays through all this stuff to to give the fans as much of of him as possible and that's what when you boil it all down heat culture is is giving yourself and giving everything you have to this team and 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 not leaving anything out there because if he had another postseason like last season, like last season, we wouldn't have made it past the second round. We really, really wouldn't. Um, but to see him drop 41, uh, you know, and then 47, 35, you know, all, the, all these, these incredible numbers that he puts up to really give us a chance. I'm not saying that he'd do a disservice to him by not – because they, they thought this was the winning 
you know this was the winning um uh, rotation this was the this was the recipe that that was going to give them a ring and uh, you know we can sit back and say oh healthy this healthy that if Cole Lowry was healthy the entire playoffs it would have made a massive difference if Tyler Hero was healthy the entire player uh, playoffs you know it could have made a difference here and there but when you go to Jimmy and you look at what he's done and 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 how much he played he played every minute of the last two games except for two he took two minutes off and and that's incredible to me that's 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 actually putting it all out there he would have gone to Spolster and goes if you take me out of that game uh, I'll I'll kill you I'll I'll kill you and and but we really did get lucky with him. And then, you know, besides last year where he, you know, it was, it was a thousand things going against us in that first series. And um, it was, it was quite unfair um, to put him in the category of, you know, this fake, not even a top 20 player. He's really solidified himself as a star. Um, and, and they know, they know that there's a big difference between playoff and, and regular season, Jimmy. He doesn't have to play like that against the Orlando magic on a Wednesday night. He, he, does, he needs to get it done when it matters, and he will. And, put in, I feel like the team, especially now, like you're going to look at it now, they're, all, they're pretty upset. They're down. You know, it's, it's, it's going to take a while for, you know, the sting to wear off, but they're all going to be better for it, including Jimmy, because Jimmy now knows his recipe, knows exactly what he has to do to get, to get what he needs to, you know, needs to do. And if you think the team are just going to sit there and be like, okay, we'll, we'll just run it back and we'll, we'll, let go of guys like you know, of um, you know Max Struess's caliber and, and Oladipo. We'll just let him go. If you think that's going to happen, then you're crazy. So we're going to come back better, stronger with a better version of Jimmy as well. Um, you know, we've only got a couple of years left of prime, prime Jimmy. If his body doesn't hold, you know, it, it doesn't go against him. So um, touch on wood for that. But look, Jimmy is Heat Heat Nation. He's Heat culture. He brings it every single night, and I can't wait to see him play um, play again. Right, and what's on your mind, Anthony? Well, I just want to emphasize the great point that Kevin brought up about Jimmy Butler would not be here without Dwayne Wade. And the reason I wanted to emphasize that is just because the impact that Dwayne Wade has had on this organization, even after retirement, has just been incredible. So that even furthers his legacy with the Heat. And I think that really says a lot and is honestly not talked about enough because especially, I mean, we're going to talk about improvements for next season too, but especially when D Wade lands us Donovan Mitchell, it, his legacy is going to be, you know, continuing us forever. Uh, but I just think that's Thanks. a really important point. And, uh, and Jimmy's been, he, he's solidified himself. I think you would have a, a hard time finding someone disagreeing with you. He solidified himself as a top three player in Miami heat history. Obviously, I think most people would have LeBron and, and Wade one and two. And then the next two guys you think of are Zoe and Timmy. But those guys already in, in their entire careers here haven't had the kind of success that Jimmy Butler's had with an NBA Finals appearance and so, so, so close, one shot away to a second NBA Finals appearance. And especially the number of legendary performances that Jimmy Butler has had is, is almost as much as LeBron had with the Heat. He had two 30, 40-point triple-doubles in the finals, the 47-point game in Boston. He's truly solidified himself as the third greatest player for this organization. And the thing is, is he's not even done. We still got another, you know, three, four years left on his contract. Now, I do have some concern about, you know, how long he can play at this level because he was at such a high level this postseason. I don't see any reason why he can't do it again next year. But it's not going to be easy, man. It's not easy to replicate these all-time performances that he had this postseason. So I don't want to take that for granted either because hopefully that's not a one-off thing. But it's going to be very difficult to re uh, reciprocate, especially for a guy who pretty much every time he drives into the paint, hits the ground. And, of course, that puts a lot of wear and tear on his body. But we've shown that uh, his, his ability to improve on the jump shot, specifically the three-pointer come playoff time. And hopefully Heat Nation can realize now that there is a such thing as playoff Jimmy. And like George says, Tuesday night versus the Magic does not matter. Jimmy Butler is a championship player. He has championship goals. You did not hear him cry once about not making the all-NBA team like any other superstar would have, like Joel Embiid crying that he's on the second team or Rudy Gobert crying that he didn't win defensive player of the year. Jimmy doesn't care about that. 
He's here to win championships, and that's what makes him one of the best players in this league. Could not agree anymore. And for me personally, you know, Jimmy Butler, like I was already a big fan of him before the season started. But my gosh, like he's already probably a top through my top three favorite heat players of all time because I just couldn't believe everything that I saw in this playoff run, you know, because it, it just sucks because you want this guy to succeed so bad. And you heard all the, you know, garbage going on from after what happened last season. Oh, you know, Jimmy's performance in the bubble was a fluke and all that. And it was shown because he got outscored by that one bum. And well, he's not in Milwaukee anymore, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, they had all that commotion going on, talking about how he was not that guy. And then he goes out, you know, shows that this might not be the bubble, but I'm still that type of dude. And I'm not even like that dude y'all saw in the bubble because I'm even better than that. The fact that we got to see that from Jimmy in this postseason run, that was probably one of the most satisfying things I can honestly say I've ever seen from him so far. I really, really wish that I got to see him win a ring this season because it seemed like everything was going so far so good, like the way how LeBron won his first ring, the way how LeBron had that 45-point game against Boston Game 6, along with Jimmy having his 47-point game in Game 6 as well. Like, it, it was all coming out so beautifully, but it is what it is at this point. Overall, you just can't be mad at Jimmy. And, you know, one point that was brought up from you, Kevin, is the fact that I think that he could maybe do a better job in holding up their end of the bargain. Because right now, one thing with Jimmy is that he's shown, you know, which type of future are you better off working with? Are you better off working with the future of Jimmy and Bam? Or are you better off working with the future of Bam and Tyler? And, you know, with all due respect to Tyler, I think Jimmy showed that he's the way to go with all this. So, you know, I'm happy that Jimmy continues to prove these haters wrong and say whatever you want about the Heat not winning a championship this year. You know, all these national media clowns can trash the Heat for not getting the job done, but you cannot slander Jimmy Butler anymore. And if you do, ESPN or Fox Sports or whatever clown channel that's out there, they probably won't care, but that you just continue to lose credibility from that. And by the way, quick shout out to Tim Bontemps for voting um, Jimmy to be the Eastern Conference Finals MVP, the only dude that actually voted for him instead of Tatum. So huge shout out to him for that. And I just can't wait to see what Jimmy does next season, assuming that he'll get all the help that's needed to get the job done this time. Anyways, so we talked so much about Jimmy that it's only right that we give other players some praise as well, which is why it's time for the spotlight key players of the season. Usually we just use the segment to give a shout out to one specific player. But it's the final episode of season two. So it's only right that we give as much people as praise as possible. So is there any guys out there that you want to give flowers to? You know, everyone that's in this pod right now. Like who, like who in y'all opinion deserves to be acknowledged for all their hard work? So let's, let's just start it off right away without any further delay. Uh, who's your spotlight key players of the season, Anthony? Well, I got three guys that I kind of want to talk about. The first two are mainly because I want to use this platform to owe them my first formal apology because I already said, you know, all season that I will do an official apology video to these two guys on my YouTube channel. The first one is PJ Tucker. I, I'll admit some some people noticed I didn't like the signing of PJ Tucker. I thought he was too old. I thought we could have found someone better. I wanted Jamichael Green. I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm ashamed to say that. Uh, I, I personally. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I'm not, a, I'm ashamed to say, but at the same time, you know, uh, I wasn't watching much PJ Tucker highlights before he came here. I didn't know what he was capable of. And besides that, he was using a different offensive system that he's, that, that he's been in his entire career. He's only ever been a corner specialist, but they used him in a lot of sets on the pick and roll and that floater, which has really, really made him a dynamic weapon on offense as well. So he's been an incredible player, easily one of the most valuable players to us this season especially when you consider his defense in the postseason. The second guy I want to give a formal apology to is Gabe Vincent. 
I thought dude was a bum. I remember there was a point last year, I think he missed like 19 or 23 pointers in a row. And, and I always gave him credit. I said, I think he had one skill and that was to try very hard, which I appreciate, you know, opposed to a guy who looks like he doesn't care out there. But a lot of times he was just fouling too much because he was over aggressive and it didn't really seem like he had any skill. But this year he's cleaned up his defense. He turned into that perfect heat culture dog, just, uh, you know, full court pressing guys. The shot was there and has even shown an ability to play make a little bit. And I want to shout out Kyle Lowry because I'm sure he had a lot to do with that. And then the final guy I want to shout out is Duncan Robinson. It's been fun, man. Had a nice couple of years, but hope you enjoy Utah. Man, you ain't got to do the bro like that. <laughs> man, but um, let me see, George, you. <clears throat> There's so many plays that you, you want to give, um, you know, this, like, these these props to, but you're going to give it to also the Spolstra and his, and his, his uh, coaching staff because he, w- without Spolstra, there is no there is no Miami Heat anymore because if you can't replace what, what he does. You can't replicate it. You can't put it, you know, in a different bag. He, he, he will always be the embodiment of what we do here. And we've got many, many more years of him. Thank God for that. Um, and and he, you know, he, he really does put his put his heart on his sleeve and and, and puts all these plays in the position to, to really thrive and to get these guys going. You know, he's the reason Duncan Robertson even has a job. <laughs> he's the he's the reason Tyler here isn't flipping burgers right now. He's the reason that Gabe Vincent, um, you know, isn't driving a mail a mail bus somewhere. He, he's he's he is the the great equalizer when it comes to players that that we didn't even know had NBA potential, let alone um, borderline star potential. And you see it. So I'm I'm not saying that those players don't deserve any any. Um, credit to themselves. They really they they put they they do the hard work. They put the time in. Um, another player is is I'm gonna not gonna I'm not gonna try and follow the same track. But PJ really really was the perfect power forward to put next to Bam. He's a guy that you think that come 45 years old and he's he's at the you know he's at the barbecue with his family and he's he's still backing people down the post. He he, he does everything we want him to do and more. And was was really a massive reason why this team worked the way it did and when when we were healthy and when we were thriving he was a massive massive part of that massive he shot he shot while at the end of the you know of the postseason because he had so much pressure put on him um was a bit lacking but during the season for for 90 percent of the season he was an amazing shooter in the corner um his defense is is unequivocally perfect to put next to bam now I'm not saying he's the, the long, long-term option going forward because we know we've only got two, one more year on that contract of him and, and that might be done. But look, I think the next year is going to be just, just as good as he was this year. Um, and he is another really perfect uh, culture guy to put next to these guys. Uh, Gabe Vincent, you know, he's a guy that th- that the organization really put a lot of belief in. They put a lot of... A lot of um, you know, a lot of pride forward when it comes to him because they say, you know, this is a guy that 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 was G League, that was purely purely G League, and and they brought him in, and he looks like he can play solid minutes at the backup point guard position, and every team needs one. Not every team has one, but we've got Gabe Vincent, and for years to come, he's only going to get better and better and better. Uh, Jimmy Jimmy deserves the biggest off season in the world. He deserves a bonus for what he's done. Um, he's going to go and, and you know do what, it, do what he does in the offseason and have a great time, but he deserves massive praise. Um, looking towards a player that I want to give some praise to, but this should serve as a, as a wake-up call is Bam Adebayo because while he does play some of the most elite defense you know, at the center position that we've seen in many, many years, there's a massive aspect of his game that's lacking. So I want to give him props for being, you know, the great defender. But now he, hopefully, this this loss because sometimes a loss can be can be better than a win, and and to put a fire in this guy's belly, and to really push him forward and to take that next step as a player and as a um as a representative of this Heat organization, it's going to be amazing to see what he does moving forward. If he really does take this loss into stride, and say, you know what, we would have won if I didn't burn out these games, if I was more aggressive, if I had a bigger bag to go into, if I had a more consistent jump shot, what if, what if, what if? And the only way he's going to change it now, he's going to 
he, he's going to have to take in his stride and become the better player for it. And and I'm here for it. And the Heat are not going to give up on him. But he needs to definitely take a big, big look at himself and say, you know what? I have so much potential. They've thrown the bag at me. Let's actually do something. Let's 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 move forward and let's get become a better player. I hope he reaches out to some of the greats who really had these problems early in their careers as well and turned out being, you know, really great players. Um, I, I want to see him reach out and to, to to work as hard as he can in the offseason. I want him with Jimmy's work ethic and 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 to see him really take that step forward. Um Carl, Carl Lowry will look at him and go, you know what? At the end when he smashed his hamstring, and it's such a sad thing to see, but at that age, it's something you really can't get over. You can't look past an injury like that when you're at that age. Maybe if you're 22, 25, 27, you know, you're really looking past his injuries. But at someone of his age, you know, he, he but he he did something that we didn't we didn't have the year before, and that's really playmaker at a, at a good level. He brought a lot of energy. Um, and to have a real true point guard was something something special when he was healthy and when he was there. Um, Tyler Hero is someone I, I, I want to put on notice because we don't even know if he's going to be here come next season. Um, but I, I, even before his, his injury, where he shouldn't even be playing the last game, he really did crumble under the lights. He did. And it's a scary thought, but hopefully it doesn't affect him too much. Um, mentally, but we'll, we'll see what happens with him. Um, but yeah, look, if I'm looking at this team, they all deserve some form of credit to still be on this roster at the end of the season because there's a lot of guys that didn't make it that, that you know, might maybe should have, but it's it's just a big, uh, you know, it, look, it's a big blur right now, especially coming off the thing. One last guy I want to talk about is Haslam. Um, I was the one guy that said, you know, oh, maybe we shouldn't bring back Haslam. Maybe he should just be, you know, an assistant coach. And he doesn't want to be an assistant coach. I, I apologize because he's that guy that puts, you know, the fire in these guys when shit's going wrong. It's really, um, it's really one of those things that you can't replicate. He's someone that demands respect to the locker room, just demands respect of everyone around him. So look, a big props to him. And, um, and we'll see what happens next year. Right. And then how about you, Kevin? Yeah, so a few, just a few players I want to spotlight. Um, definitely P.J. Tucker. You know, both the guys definitely hit on him. Um, just being that perfect small ball forward next to Bam to give Bam some space to operate and do what he's supposed to do. Um, playing hard as ever. You know, playing great defense on all the best, you know, wing players in the league. Um, giving his all every single time he stepped onto the floor, like, he had an amazing season. I was, I was super happy when they announced that they were taking him away from Milwaukee last year and bringing him to Miami down here in South Beach. And he was just a hell of an acquisition. And, man, it sucked that his season ended the way they did with him not playing, I don't think, at all in the second half uh, yesterday. But, you know, he started a great season, probably one of his best seasons in the NBA um, in his career. So shout out to P.J. Tucker. Um, definitely Gabe Vincent took huge. Again, I cannot give enough praise to Gabe Vincent for – just how much better he's gotten in the past year or so. Um, he was he was getting real buckets in the playoffs. You know, when we were going on some of those scoring droughts, he pulled us out of those droughts, you know, pretty much single-handedly. Um, his jumper has come a long way. Him being able to create with the ball in his hands has come a long way in the NBA. So definitely gave Vincent. And then the last two, I got to go with Caleb Martin. Um, a guy that the Heat pretty much got on a, on a steal of a contract. You know, he probably had one of the most, you know, valued contracts in the league for how good he is, you know, being that backup to Jimmy, you know, some nights when he had to start because Jimmy wasn't playing, uh, he just always held it down. You know what I'm saying? Even though he didn't play that much in game seven, he did have some good, you know, big time playoff moments too. So, you know, Caleb Martin was a hell of a player this season and hoping uh, he'll be back next year. And then Oladipo, man, um, to only play, I think, what, 15 regular season games and then be thrown into the fire to getting real rotational minutes on a true playoff contending team. That's not easy to do. And I feel like a lot of people need to cut them some slack because they just don't understand it. It takes you a long time. It's the reason they play 82 games because they want you to get into a rhythm in the flow and get accustomed to your team. So when the playoffs come, you know, your team is ready for the good teams, obviously, not every single team, but for the good teams. And for Depot to only play that many games in the regular season and then again go into the playoffs and get real rotational minutes and be a, a pretty good and key cog to this team. That was huge, man, especially coming off the injuries that he's had and, and being, you know, in the lowest of lows and the downest of downs and just 
you know, fighting his way back to the NBA pretty much. You know, you have to give him a lot of credit. I'm really hoping they re-sign him. I know we'll talk about that in a second, but I got to get I got to show him a lot of love, man, because he brought an important element to this team. And that's being able to create off the uh, off the dribble and off the bounce. Um, it wasn't always seen and it wasn't always shown. But, you know, that game five versus Atlanta was the biggest, you know, and brightest way to show it. And yeah, man. So just shout out to those guys, man. We had a lot of really good players on this team. This was a super fun team to watch. And it was a, it was a lot of. A lot of fun players on this team, man. Right. And you know, that's just a thing for the Heat. You know, they had so much guys step up. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you had the undrafted guys like Struess and Vincent. And, you know, it's it's just great to see it from guys like them. Then you guys brought up PJ as well because, you know, a lot of people were skeptical about the signing of PJ. I know, um, Anthony, you mentioned that you were as well. And, like, a lot of people questioned it because of the fact that, you know, he was getting up there in age and stuff. But overall, like, he was able to step up in a way that we never had seen from other players as w- from, from what we've seen from him being on other teams. And it was just something nice to see from him as well. And then you have guys like Tyler Hero, you know, while his future for some people might be uncertain, you know, I still don't think we should take too much away from what he accomplished this year. You know, being the only player from the Heat to snatch an award, being the sixth man of the year and stuff. So I'm very happy to see him take that accomplishment. And then also seeing other guys step up, you know, when our guys were injured, because that's what helped make the Heat such a resilient team. The fact that you would see, you know, some of our main guys in the lineup, you know, sit out because of injury. And you would still have these undrafted players, guys that we would find from the street to come in and do their thing. You know, that's what made it special. But for me, another spotlight player would be Caleb Martin for sure, because his story is so fascinating. The fact that it was J. Cole that literally brought him to Miami. So shout outs to you, J. Cole, for doing that. And, you know, we were able to find so much people off the street to come in here and do their thing and to help us get this far. And it just goes to show how great the Heat's development system is. The fact that there's so much choices for the spotlight Heat player, um, Heat players of the series, uh, of the season in general. So shout outs to guys like Jimmy, someone that we talked about earlier, guys like Bam, like Tyler, you know, guys like Gabe Vincent, Victor Oladipo, and Max Struess and all those guys, you know, they all came out there and they did their thing. And you know, one thing I'll say was that what made this playoffs interesting for the Heat was the fact that we never knew who the second best player of each game would be. You know, like we knew Jimmy would step up. But then the question would be, you know, who would be that second leading scorer for Miami? So it's going to be interesting to see if Miami maybe makes an improvement this offseason and maybe get someone who we can rely on to consistently be the second best scorer for the Heat or the best scorer in general, depending on who we aim for. So all that's important, though, is that Jimmy gets his help. And that's why we're moving into this next and final topic of today's pod. And that's none other than the improvements that the Heat got to make. So you know, when we're looking back at this season and seeing what the Heat had problems in, like, what are some improvements you guys think Miami can make to potentially get to a championship next season? And this comes from maybe when looking at the trade market and then who's available as a free agent. So when you're looking at those two markets specifically, what do you guys think the Heat can do to help improve this team? Uh, kick us off, George. Yeah, look. There's a lot of players that we can put into the, the category of we want this, we want that. The, you know, the, the um, Zach Levines, the Donovan Mitchells, the Bradley Beals, um, those type of players. Do I think we can go out and get one? Absolutely. I think that, that Pat Riley was really smart at the, um, at the, the you know, the um, mid-season traded line and, and freed up that first-round pick for us, that second first-round pick we put into a trade. Um, I think he had uh, aspirations for a bigger, better, um, team if it didn't work out and it didn't work out so there's definitely a plan in place we're not going to start down in parallel now if we do we might as well just become Kings fans 
Um, no offense, Kings fans, but your organization doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, but I, if I have to pick out one player that I would really, really want over the rest, it's Donovan Mitchell. Um, Donovan Mitchell is a player that is unhappy in his current situation and the Heat need a player to really be able to put in that 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 time to, to put the ball in his hands and go get a bucket. We need that. We need that. And, and there's no doubt, there's no, there's no 50-50 about it now. Um, we can look back at this and say if Tyler here was still putting up 21 on the, on the bench, um, you know, we would have been fine. And while that may be true, we can't put that, um, we're, we're going to put it all into perspective because Tyler Hero may never do that again. It, it, this season would have been a massive season for him if we had won the championship because he's he'd become a viable option moving forward. But look, do I think it would have been the worst thing in the world if we kept him? No, never. Because I think he's going to grow from these situations um, and we've already he's already proven that he can be what, you know, a really, really effective scorer and one of the best in the league. Um, but if we have the opportunity to trade him up and to put the package together to, towards one of those type of players, a real, a proper scorer, then um, then I, I don't know why we stop it. I don't know why we, we would not do that. So look, uh, it's one of, it is what it is and we'll see what happens. But another thing that's going out in the, in the Twitter, the Twitter sphere right now is that, Bam and Abayo might be on the chopping block for a guy by the name of Embiid. Um, I that's that's a whole pod in itself of if what if and and would you do that? I don't know. Um, I if you asked me last year, I would have said go go away, and I, I don't want to hear hear a single word from you. But look, I'm not so sure if that trade package was put there. I want to put that to you guys. Would you would you take a trade package? Um, to to go get an Embiid if it meant giving up Bam? I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm not worth it, personally. I ain't going to lie. Like, to me, I think the front office looks at the Heat like you shouldn't trade Jimmy. I think I think Bam and Jimmy are both untouchables, and I, I agree with that 100%. I think a lot of people gave a lot of harsh criticism to Bam because they want him to be the dude that just goes off and drops 25 every night. But to me, Bam is the perfect third option, and I think that's how it should be. Um, as of right now, he has to be our second option because we don't have that second option. We just have the first option, and that's Jimmy Butler. So, like you said, George, um, pretty much, like, we just have to get that second option. Now, I'll just take over here. Like, it really comes down to the fact that nothing is Tyler Hero, but I was saying this before we hopped on and started recording, but, like, Tyler Hero right now is just limited physically because he's not strong enough. And on top of that, his handle doesn't allow him to get to his spots the way that he wants to. And I know everybody kind of wants to compare him to Devin Booker, but I'm going to just be honest, like, that's just not him. Like, it's not. So, like, I think we have to trade for a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Bradley Bill, in my opinion. I think that's the perfect thing. I prefer Donovan because I think we have the perfect package between Hero, Duncan, probably Yurt Seven and some picks. Um, I prefer Diamond because he's about to be in his prime at the end of this year. In September, I believe he's going to be 26. Um, Brad's kind of older, even though he does probably fit better, but he's still a little bit older. So um, I think with Diamond, you can usher in or you can finish out the end of the Jimmy era and then usher in that next era with him and Bam. So I don't know. I'm not I'm not with the trading Bam thing. I don't think – like, Bam is a dude I would never trade. Like, he does too many important things. So I don't really like people say that, but – I understand him, but don't let your emotions get the best of you. Bam Adebayo is a hell of a player. He's just not the second scoring option that you want on the championship team, but he still does bring you a whole bunch of invaluables to a championship team. So don't get that twisted. So that's that's how I view it. Ray, and you, Anthony? Listen, man, trade Duncan Robinson, sign Joel Jacob, win a ring in 2023. It's not Let's that go. hard, man. No, but seriously, I, I couldn't agree with Kevin Moore. He said the exact thing that I was going to say. Two untouchables on this team, Bam and Jimmy. Bam is by far, in my opinion, the best defender in the NBA, and that is an asset that I want to have on my team, especially when the Milwaukee Bucks are going to be back next year. And in my opinion, Bam's really the only guy in the entire league that, that can somewhat contain Giannis. I don't want to lose Bam. Him and Jimmy are untouchable. If Donovan Mitchell is out there and you can get him without those two guys, do whatever you got to do to get him. If not, I stay put, get in the lab in the offseason. Hopefully everyone can improve. And I think this roster as is, is good enough to win a championship. They were one game away while shooting historically bad. You got to hope that they can get back to the same point next year, hopefully a little more healthy and hopefully shoot the ball better, which I believe they can because 
there's really no rhyme or reason for why they shot the ball so poor. A lot of it was missed open shots. So, but I mean, I guess I want to give Boston credit, but I saw it was uh, Simon Smith on Twitter who said they were 0 for 23 on wide open threes in game five. You, you got to kind of hope and believe that's not going to happen again next year if they're able to get back. So if you can get Mitchell without giving up Jimmy or Bam, I go for it. And Bede, you're not going to be able to get him without getting rid of Bam. So I'm not even going to entertain that. And Bradley Beal, I've heard that a lot too. And like Kevin said, I don't agree with it. I personally think Tyler Hero is currently a better player than Bradley Beal. So I don't, I, I, I'm not a fan of Beal. I don't like the way he talks. I don't think he's a, a heat culture player. He's made it very clear. He's more about wanting to uh, more money than winning championships, which is fine. I'm not going to hate on a dude for wanting to get his bag, but that's not a dude I want on my team when we got bigger goals. Right. So it's going to be definitely interesting to see what the Heat will pull off come the offseason. I mean, there's so much needs that the Heat could take care of. And, you know, it's funny because, George, I know you mentioned in the chat that this is something we could do a whole other pod episode for. And I do agree with it. Like, this is probably something that we're definitely going to have to talk about again, like probably come season three. So, you know, going after a guy like D. Mitch, you know, Bradley Beal, I don't know. I know some people are a big fan of it. Some people aren't. Um, And I don't even think he's even going to ask a trade because the dude's basically been the dame of the East when it comes to wanting to be loyal and stuff. And he has the $250 million extension on the table waiting for him to sign. So I, I really would be shocked if he is to request a trade. So there's that. And then there's the whole thing with Zach Levine, but I wouldn't get my hopes too high about that. Please. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I don't really know about Zach Levine like that because well, I don't know. I, I don't know why. Like, I know um, obviously you, Kevin, are not a big fan of it. And like, I'm not saying that I would definitely not want him, but, you know, I personally feel like I'd rather take D. Mitch or Beal over him. So that's just me when it comes to that. But it will definitely be interesting to see what the Heat try to accomplish this offseason. And considering the fact that we lost to the Celtics of old teams, a team that we know that Pat Riley hates with all his heart, like, I can only imagine what he's probably thinking of doing the minute free agency starts and once we're able to start making trades and all that. So I'm honestly excited and I cannot wait to see what the heat might have cooking in the lab. So we'll see what happens anyways. So there we have it. Now, before we end today's episode, I want to take this time to say a few things with this pod serving as our season two finale. So first off, I want to thank God for blessing us as a team and podcast as his gracefulness helped us endure the bumpy road that comes with covering a team like the Heat for a whole season. I also have tons of gratitude to my family as well, as they've also been with me throughout this whole ride. And I also want to thank everyone who has supported and listened to our pod. And we are so grateful to be a part of a community like Heat Nation. And whether if you were watching our pods on our main feed or you were watching us on YouTube, we are so blessed for your views and support. Additionally, thank you to Ethan Skolnick and the Five Reasons Sports Network YouTube channel for giving us a spot there, allowing us to get more exposure as a brand and providing us with so much support throughout this ride. And last but not least, I want to thank this amazing team that I have with me for it really feels like we got a whole family within this crew we have. With that being said, I want to thank these people, you know, Anthony, George, Kevin, Christian, Orchard, Lola, Brian, Jay, Nina, Quake, Angie, Destiny, Leah, and Bree. You know, the hard work that these guys put in to be part of this podcast is something that I greatly appreciate and I could not have asked to work with better people. I also want to give a special shout out to Kaylee and Clippy, who are both part of the Culture Shock podcast, which helped make history in being the first Miami Heat pod to feature an all-women cast. And I also want to give a special thanks to Jules as well, who helped produce Culture Shock, while also taking the time and effort into running the Heat vs. the World podcast account on Twitter and consistently putting together amazing YouTube thumbnails and graphics for all the social media pages. 
The work she put into this pod will always be greatly appreciated. And last but not least, special thanks to the Heat vs. the World writing team for our website as well. And guys like Maximiliano, Darren, Monster, Frankie, and Caden. And along with Jules and Eric, who helped put together our website and making it into a great outlet for all HVTW content. And, you know, I'm just so grateful to be part of this, you know, to host this pod and getting a chance to meet all, all of you guys. Like, it's just a blessing. And I just can't wait to keep it going. So, Overall, we hope you all enjoyed season two of the Heat versus the World podcast. And we hope you guys will stick around for season three, which will drop in like well over a month from now. Until then, we'll have a special treat for you guys tomorrow. As for our final episode to close season two, it will feature a very special guest and Heat legend Kyle Guy. So you do not want to miss it. Anyways, we talked so much on today's episode that before we close it out, make sure to check out our Twitter and Instagram page at HVTW Podcast while checking out our website at HVTWpodcast.wordpress.com. That way you still have access to 24-7 Miami Heat content, even if it is the offseason. Anyways, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs. the World Podcast, and we'll see you guys soon with another episode. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.